0: What do you mean you're not coming? You were supposed to meet me. We had a date. With each syllable, the woman's voice slid up the register toward hysteria. I slowed. I was walking toward the Lake Forest rest stop, an oasis we call them here, just off the interstate near the Wisconsin state line. The woman was talking on her cell phone, about 30 feet away, but her voice carried clearly. How could you do this to me? After all our plans, you knew I'd be stranded. A man with a buzz cut and horn-rimmed glasses stood near the entrance, his hands in his pockets. He stepped aside as I approached. Look, I can't talk long. I borrowed a cell. There was a pause. Mine's out of juice. A tall, striking woman who appeared to be somewhere in her thirties. The woman on the phone wore a white t-shirt khaki miniskirt, and sandals. Her shoulder-length hair, held off her face by a wide headband and a pair of shades, was a glossy black. Blue highlights glinted when she moved her head. I went inside the building, which, since its multi-million dollar renovation, looked more like an airport terminal than one of the antiseptic fast food places that used to commandeer pit stops on the highway. Donuts, pizza, coffee, and Chinese food beckoned me from cheerful kiosks, and it took all my resolve to resist them. I was tired, having spent the day scouting locations for a video about The Lodge, a luxury resort in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. I'd stopped in for a cold drink before heading home to Rachel, my 15-year-old, who was in the midst of a what-am-I-going-to-do-all-summer-since-I'm-too-old-for-camp crisis. I bought a Diet Coke, eyed the Krispy creams, and quickly headed back outside. A Thursday evening in the third week of June, it had been a hot and humid day. Now, though, a cool front was pushing through, and a breeze was chasing away the heat. The woman was still on the cell. "'I know, I'm sorry, too. I hate it when we fight.' There was a pause. "'I realize that. It's just, well, this has been a shitty day.' The man who'd been standing near the entrance had his back to her, as though he was trying not to listen to her conversation. "'I can't. My cell is out of juice,' she repeated. "'Okay, thanks. I'll be waiting. Please, come soon!' The woman disconnected and looked around. Spotting the man at the entrance, she walked over and handed him the cell. "'Thank you. You've been very kind.' The man pocketed the cell. No problem. I hope everything works out. I looked over. Bad day? You don't know the half of it. I couldn't help overhearing. I hope your ride gets here soon, I said. The young woman tipped her head. Me too. I've lost the whole day. I nodded. The breeze was so refreshing I hated to leave. I slung the canvas bag that doubles as my briefcase onto my shoulder. And joined her at the wall. As long as we were both hanging around, I might as well be nice. I scanned the cars heading up the ramp on our side of the rest stop. A silver beamer slowly turned in, followed by a green pickup with a camper shell. Is that your ride? I pointed to the beamer. Daria shaded her eyes and looked. As the car passed, we could plainly see a couple in the front seat. The woman in the passenger seat motioned to an empty space in the parking lot. As the Beamer swerved into the spot, Daria seemed to deflate. No. I hoisted my bag further up my shoulder. Well, don't worry. I'm sure your boyfriend will be here soon. She was about to say something when the pickup that had been behind the Beamer passed us. It slowed to a crawl, and the window at the back of the camper shell slid open. The movement triggered a prickly feeling at the back of my neck. I turned to Daria. She stared at the pickup. I was about to ask if she recognized it when I heard a loud crack. I whipped around, the pickup's engine revved, and it tore out of the ramp. I turned back to Daria. A crimson design exploded on her shirt. She fell forward off the wall and crumpled to the ground